Are you tired of carrying multiple pieces of equipment on your service truck? Lincoln Electric has introduced the solution, the Ranger Air 260 MPX. This multifunction engine drive combines an air compressor, generator, battery charger, battery jump starter, and multi-process welder in one compact device, specifically designed for the unpredictable circumstances and job demands of the work truck industry. But that's not all. The Ranger Air 260 MPX is also designed to provide a lower cost of ownership with features such as auto stop-start technology and an electronic throttle body engine with variable engine speed. Don't miss out on this versatile and reliable machine that can handle any demanding job site. Visit www.lincolnelectric.com for more information on the Ranger Air 260 MPX available later this year and save space on your truck for other tools and gear with this compact power horse. Upgrade your welding game today with the highest quality leather products from Outlaw Leather USA. Their welding hoods, arm pads, and handles are expertly crafted with premium materials to provide long-lasting durability and stunning visuals. Don't settle for less than the best. Experience unbeatable protection and comfort with Outlaw Leather USA's custom leather products. As a special bonus for listening to the podcast, you can get 10% off your order by using the special promo code WELD10 at checkout. Upgrade your welding gear now at Outlaw Leather USA. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigginton. In this week's episode, I sit down with Bryn Otto, an 18-year-old welder out of Grand Island, Nebraska. I first met Bryn down at Fabtech when I interviewed him briefly, and I saw what the industry is dying for in him. A young welder looking to improve and spread his knowledge, helping getting other young people into the field. We chat about how he got his start welding at his high school, which is focused on the trades, his future plans to go work in a performance fabrication shop down in Kansas, and I give him some words of inspiration to be a future leader in the welding industry. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners, just in case they're not familiar with who you are and what you do? My name is Bryn Otto, Bryn Welds. I'm an 18-year-old from Grand Island, Nebraska. I'm currently working in a fab shop, and I plan on moving down to Kansas in June to start at Fab Star Performance Fabrication, build roll cages, manifolds, intakes for drag cars. How did you get that gig? I knew that I wanted something quality over quantity, because right now what I do, because of my age, all I could get here was production fab shop, and they care about both, but more quantity and i was like man what side of the industry are they going to care a lot about quality and i was like performance automotive so i looked up performance automotive shops and the closest to me in grand island nebraska is hutchinson kansas is the one i'm, I'm going to you got one in uh st louis missouri oklahoma city and one in denver and i sent them all i just sent them all an email and i called them and uh Hutchinson, Kansas, Fab Star Performance Fabrication. They were the only ones that got back to me. So, and I went down there, did the weld test. That's a stand-up guy, Kenneth Watson. He was a pipeliner, and I think he said 28 years in the industry, and he knows a lot. I just from the five hours or so I spent with him doing the weld test and the interview, he taught me a lot. 
it'll be a great guy to uh, learn from. Speaking of learning, all right, let's take a step back. All right, how did you get into welding? So my high school, it's called, right now it's called the Academies of Grand Island Senior High. It's pretty much, to summarize it, it's a trade high school, and they just kind of made the flip. Uh, There's not many in the nation like that, and we have anything from, well, freshman year, you decide what side you want to take. You you have the options of automotives, uh, welding, manufacturing, construction. They actually build two houses a year. And then UPI, medical side, accountants, law enforcement, you can do it all. And they, so freshman year, you study all of them and you choose what you want, your top three, and then they put you in what they think would say you best. And sophomore year, you get into it. I actually, I wanted construction. I thought I was going to pour concrete because yeah. I had <laughs> nothing going for me back then. So I was like, we're going to pour concrete the rest of our lives. Let's get it. <laughs> Dang, man. And, do you have to be accepted to this school or is this just like the county school? Like, how do you get into this program? Because that, that sounds like a really beneficial thing for people to learn at. It's a public school. It's the public high school, but it's it's massive. I think my graduating class had something 1,800 people to 2,000. And then the classes are just getting bigger below us. It's really good. It saved my life, uh, definitely, because, I, like I said, I had nothing going for me, you know, early on in high school. And then we hit COVID junior year. It was just downhill. Right now, I'm sitting at, like, 230 pounds, but back then I was 305 pounds. But I'm not a tall guy. You know, I'm 5'10 now, so back then I was probably 5'7", 5'8". Uh, I was massive, you know, just doing drugs and whatever, and it was horrible. So I think finding welding definitely saved my life. And uh, a lot of other people, if you put your mind to it in your pathway and you're really passionate about what you do, you shine. If you don't, then, you know, you'll get through high school. But it's not as enjoyable as if you really put the effort towards it. Well, a lot of high schools don't have that that kind of track. You know, it's like mm-hmm. there's there's not – when I went to high school, is you, you take your classes, you have a couple electives you can choose. But it's not like, oh, here's a path in life that you can – study to go do you know that i think that is more valuable than you understand so that's awesome to know that's out there i think actually they went to north carolina and that's where they went to one of the model schools they spent like a month there and the superintendent and some other people that were higher up and they were like wow this looks good these these students are shining they offer apprenticeships your junior year They partner up with local businesses. Uh, For the welding, we have a lot of shops. This is a big industry town for uh, production, like Case New Holland Tractors. The headquarters is here. And then Hornady Bullet Manufacturing, the family, the son graduated with me. It's a big industry town for fab shops, but they partner with all of them. And you kind of have the option. You apply, and if they hit you back, then you get to choose from five shops, all of them throwing offers at you that you is pretty wild for a high schooler to make adult money but a little bit less it's kind of a loophole to work in the industry under 18 because you can apprentice at 16 years old which is what i i started at the fab shop at uh, 16 years old and not many kids get the opportunity to do that all right so you get into this apprenticeship program your passion for welding at like you started putting out these videos trying to get better so kind of tell people your your story i i don't want to tell i could but uh, you know you told me your story at fabtech tell people how you've kind of come up in the welding world 
Yeah, I was I was horrible at first, uh, but I thought I was good, like every kid in school does. So I I started recording them, and I had a background in uh, gaming, so that's why I have the camera and the microphone and all that. When COVID hit, that's when I I took advantage of that, and because I couldn't weld, I was like, all right, we'll, we'll take gaming seriously because I was good, did it for fun, and I took it real serious, made some money off of that, and then I just lost the passion. So. Um, what was your game of choice? Game, well, I was number two, ranked number two in the world on Apex Legends. Um, and then, <laughs> and then uh, you just walked away from it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was hard to maintain that being in school and having a job outside of that because yeah. uh, the rest of the guys that were up there with me they were doing it full time um, on teams so I, and everything. Yeah, well, I was in a pretty big team. I had a background in content creation from that. And I was like, man, I'm just going to throw this weld out here, video me welding, edit it a little bit and see how it does. And it was my first post. And I think it has like 35,000 views. And then after that, it, I, it was, I started posting every day, the same, the same stuff, different song, different weld, different process. <laughs> and it, I mean, it was, it really just took off and it's been growing ever since it led me to opportunities. I never thought I'd have. Well, what kind of opportunities? When I was around 15,000 followers, I was like, okay, how can I monetize this? I want to create a business out of this because I don't want to own a fab shop like every other kid does, or I don't want to hit the pipeline. I want to monetize the social media side. So what I did was I messaged four people that I did not know at all. Actually, one of them used to steal my video ideas, Willie Obar, (laughs) and they all had a decent following as well. And... I said, hey, let's get together, start this group account called the Surgeons of Steel. We'll all post content, you know, eventually, and we'll see where it takes us. It's a good idea in theory, but it's a lot harder to keep everybody as motivated as you are to post Mm -hmm. content regularly. So it didn't end up working out. But we, I mean, we went to Houston and welded underwater together, and that was fun. But it's a really good idea in theory. (laughs) It just didn't work out. So working at your job, what kind of, or is it all MIG stuff? Like what, um, what, what kind of processes are you doing at your job? So we MIG most of the time, but the reason I actually chose the shop that I'm at as opposed to every other one is because I get experience on thin metal, thick metal, some cast parts. And then we also do a little bit of TIG. We don't have a massive TIG area because a lot of our stuff is MIG, but we do some pretty cool TIG aluminum and We'll do some fuel cells and stuff like that. I was in the TIG area for a little bit, and then, but I wasn't full time, you know, because mm-hmm. of school. So they were like, "All right, we'll we'll keep you in the MIG." <laughs> so, are you full time at the shop now, or are you still finishing school? So I'm at college right now. Uh, I graduated high school last year in May, and this year I graduate college with a welding technology degree. So I'm doing this degree in one year and working there, and then selling machines with Everlast and. I got a lot of eggs in every basket. Hey, you got to these days. You got to yep. have all the eggs. They're expensive now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we met at Fabtech, and you were telling me your story. And, you know, I've been following you ever since. You've been really making making strides since Fabtech. Like, tell me a little bit about how everything has changed for you since Fabtech, because you made some connections down there and it seems like you're capitalizing on them. So can you kind of tell me that story? 
Man, I'm glad you say that. I think that everybody needs to take risks, and Fabtech was a calculated risk for me. I, I knew that trip was going to be expensive, so me and my buddy Andrew, Andrew actually went to college with me, and then he moved back home to Florida from Southern Leatherworks. And I was like, man, Andrew, let's do this. Let's take this. And it was an expensive trip because neither of us were 21, so we had to find a hotel that would let us stay there and check in being under 21. We we did it last minute. We had probably two weeks until Fabtech, and I was like, "Man, I'm not skipping out on another year. I'm I'm ready. Let's do it." So I'm I'm up till like three in the morning, calling all these hotels, talking to everybody, sending emails. Hey, will you take us? Will you take us? You know, we'll pay extra. And finally, this bougie hotel in Atlanta said yes. <laughs> it was like it was something chair, crazy. Man. It was like four hundred fifty dollars a night, and uh, that's pricey. Yeah, it had a Chick-fil-A inside of it. It was it was super nice. It was fun. Andrew's reaction's funny when we found our room and we walked in and Andrew's wearing flip-flops and he's wearing swim trunks and I'm wearing jeans and boots because I, I like to travel nice. We did not fit in in that lobby. but So that's kind of my journey down there and that was a hassle too because in Dallas, I always get a delayed flight, so I'm sprinting. But I knew coming in, you know, it was a calculated risk because of how expensive it was, but... I had enough money saved up that even if it didn't get me what I wanted from it, I could fall back, you know, and still be fine. So that's why I call it calculated risk. If you're not in the financial situation, I wouldn't take it. But my main thing was networking. I wanted to network there, meet everybody, the people larger than me. I listened to your episode with Justin from Fabricator, I think. Yeah, from the Fabrication series. Yeah. And he he called it um, the gray caller. I wanted to meet the gray callers. So I met a lot of people, made a lot of connections. And since then, I've worked with Everlast. I'm on their team now as a brand ambassador. So I got a link with them for the upgraded torch and pedal kit. That's been great. They're great people. And then I tried one at Fabtech, and uh, I love it. And then I also met with Markall, another a marker company. I'm like, man, I use your guys' paint markers anyways. I hate soapstone. So <laughs> let me talk to you guys. And that worked out well as well. And I still communicate with people, but meeting them and, and now they know my name, but I've known them for years. It was awesome. And now I'm really looking forward to Chicago. Yeah, me too. I think that'll be fun. Coming from that experience. So you start working with these brand deals with people and now you're going into the performance. Shop. Like, what are your goals? Like, what what is this past year kind of enlightened you about for the future you see for yourself in the welding world? The future, that's a big word. Yeah, it's man. not a big word. <laughs> got to think <laughs> about it. <laughs> it's a small world, but small word, but it's got a big background. Uh, future, I'd like to continue to create content. Future right now for me is more learning. I think everybody, you got to be open to learn, no matter how much experience you have, learn every day. And yeah, I'm looking forward to learning down there. And the pay in Kansas is a lot better than Nebraska for a welder. Nebraska's a pretty horrible pay-wise just because it's mostly production. Do you feel like that's like a reason? Everyone keeps talking about how we need to get new, like we need to get people into the industry, but people that are in your age, they're not interested in coming into the welding industry. And me personally, what I think is it's the pay 
in most places. But it's also, you know, everyone has misconceptions of like welding is the most dangerous job and your lifespan is like it's cut in half doing it, like all that kind of stuff. We really have a lot of hurdles to jump over. But the pay aspect, I feel like that is a big part. You know, it's like you can go to work at a gas station nowadays and get paid close to what like entry welder on production is. And I just don't think, you know, it's like, am I going to go and learn this skill that takes time and energy to actually get good at? Or am I just going to go collect a paycheck? You know, it's like, am I just going to show up and do a job and not care about it? And But no, I'm going to get paid just as well as this other guy. Like, what is your view on all of this? For me, I think the big thing is quality of life. For example, I would, I'm not, but I would take a pay cut to leave and, and move down to Kansas just because I think I would enjoy the quality over quantity back to that side of the industry. I think there will always be production welders. People right now my age that don't think that that's what they want to do, eventually they'll look for a job because they quit at their last one and they find a company and, hey, will you teach me how to weld? Hell yeah, we don't care what it looks like as long as it holds. It'll shoot, man. Right now. <laughs> a couple people that graduated years before me, they started working with me. And, and I was like, well, why'd you choose here? You know, the pay was better than my last place. And I don't know. I've always wanted to learn how to weld. I think that's that's probably what will happen in production. Everybody wants to pipeline now. Mm-hmm. And when I first started, I was like, all right, I want to underwater or I want a pipeline. And it's just not realistic. Once they do more research, they need to do a lot more research. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody needs to be real with them. Be real with us. What are things that you learned? Like what changed your your perception of welding? Because everybody, you, everyone you talk to in school, they want to be a pipeliner or they want to be an underwater welder. What changed that in your mind? What turned me away, you know, it, it all sounds good. And then I went and did it and I was like, man, this, I, well, I hate the ocean for one. But but when I did do it, it was just getting shocked like a shock pen. I don't enjoy that. And it can't be good for your heart. And I like I like McDonald's. I like that greasy food. So (laughs) I'm already damaging my heart. So you're already setting yourself up for success. (laughs) Well, that's the underwater side. And then uh, the pipeline. For, for example, go back to Kenneth Watson. He he told me, you know, I was on the road for three years straight. I came home for seven days out of those three years. Well, if you have a family like he does and many other pipeliners do, is that what you want to do, really? Yeah. And I don't think they realize the startup cost as well. A lot of the kids at school, they want to go pipeline, but do you have that startup money? No, you work at jimmy johns you don't even have a job or, <laughs> hey what's and, wrong with jimmy johns man they're freaky fast <laughs> yeah yeah uh they keep trying to get me to go there and try this chuck Moore sandwich anyways it's uh everything on it <laughs> yeah the startup money what do you need you need a truck a two and a half ton at least and then a sa 200 or a diesel or actually could be gas driven machine you need the rods the tools a flatbed would be convenient. I mean, remote for your welder, leads, torches, bottles. It's, it's more a fab shop on wheels. Yeah, it's, it's much more than they think. And they all think, you know, I'm going to hit the pipeline and I'm just going to weld. No, you. how are you going to get into it? Unless you have, like, family or you know somebody already that will help you, you can hand for them. 
But a lot of them don't even know what that is. You, you know, I'm just going to weld. I'm not going to be a helper. No, what to, but well, yeah. How did you learn about it? Like, how did you go about gaining this knowledge? Like, that's that's what's interesting to me. It's like trying to figure out how did you make this new decision? Like, how did you find all of this info out? Was it just like watching videos, talking to people? Like, what changed your mind? I ask a lot of questions. You know, I love to learn. I always want to learn. I would watch YouTube videos on my own all night on welding. You know, some people, they'll watch baking videos or whatever their passion is. And I just want to learn everything and anything about welding. So I'd watch the people that I found the most knowledgeable. Austin Ross and, and uh, Luis Loya, they, they kind of made videos on the pipeline side of things. And that's that's who I learned the most from. And Whiskey Wayne on TikTok, he's actually an instructor now at Western Welding Academy. But he, he kept it real and he told everybody, you know, it's not what you think. Mm. And I think they need to learn that. That's the same thing like with being a rock star. Like everybody wants to be a rock star until it's time to go do rock star stuff, you know. <laughs> like uh, the the life of a musician is rough, man. Like you go, you get in a van, you drive, you unload all your stuff, you play, you load all your stuff back in, you get in that van, either sleep in it or just start driving and sleep on the way. It's just like it's it's a lot. Like, you're constantly going places. People are like, oh, but you get to go see the world. No, no, you get to see a very small portion of each part of the world, you know. And it's cool. Like, I'm not dogging on it, but it is, it's a hard life. And it's very similar to the traveling welding life, you know. It's like if you're chasing shutdowns, like, you're seeing a very small portion of this and you're spending 60, 70 hours a week working. You know, it's like, it's not just like, oh, yeah, I travel for business. I get to stay in these fancy hotels. It's like, no, it's like you're there to work. And when you're not working, you're going to try to sleep as much as you can. You know? Yeah. And you're in that Motel 6 song. No, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> Got all Motel 6s. Nights in. Watch oh, out for those. Camper. That's another part of the startup phone. I mean, a lot of people that drag fifth wheels around. That's a big investment as well. Yeah. House on wheels. I dislike how the youth of my generation of the in, coming into the industry is so fixed on that. And they don't even branch into other options. Another thing I thought of was, hey, maybe I want to go do NDT, get my CWI, you know, move up in the world a little bit. I don't want to weld the rest of my life. But it seems like nobody even looks at the CWI or the inspecting aspect of it. But my generation, because we have the stigma, none of us want to work. I came in with a chip on my shoulder and everybody else that wants to put in the hours. But I think when you prove somebody wrong that, oh, this kid, this kid wants to work, then I think it helps impress them a little bit more. That's one of the things that just from a outside perspective on you specifically, like when I met you, I was like, this kid's got gumption. Like this kid wants to, like he wants it, you know, and following you, you know, and people like Austin, Dr. Welds, we were talking about you the other day, and he was just like, yeah, you know, he's he wants to learn. He wants to get better. He wants to do all of these things. Like, you have the drive, and it's hard to find that these days in anything. You know, a lot of people have kind of lost that drive, and it's just this existential question that we keep asking. You know, it's like, why? Why, why do people act this way or act that way? And a lot of people will say, yeah, no one wants to work, but I feel like it's People don't want to accept what people want to pay them for work. You know, I feel like it's an equal responsibility on both sides. The companies need to pay people 
what a living wage would be these days instead of what was a living wage back in the 70s. And then also, you know, people need to understand that there's work that needs to be done. And it's not just like, I'm going to show up and be done with my job in like 20 minutes and then go do whatever I want for the rest of the day. It's like welding is hard, as long, it's labor intensive, and it is like 10% welding, 90% prepping, cutting, there's a lot more outside of welding that people don't think about, you know? And I feel like that's why people are like, I want to go be a pipeliner. I want to be an underwater welder because I could go make a ton of money. But that money comes with a ton of experience, you know? And mm-hmm. that's, everyone's kind of looking for these shortcuts these days. And your personal welding journey, like what have been some of the things that helped you progress faster than people around you? You know, like the things that you found, you're like, I'm going to focus on that because this is showing me success. Social media has definitely motivated me. You know, everybody gets those haters in the comments. I love it, though. And um, (laughs) I just use it as fuel or I'll delete them if they really piss me off and I'm not in the mood to prove them wrong. Dang. (laughs) I got a good circle, good people around me, my instructors. We have three three instructors out there. One's ex-Army. For a long time, I've, he was in there for a long time. And then I got a CWI. He's real knowledgeable. And then I, the other one owned, I think it was seven welding supply stores or four or something like that in Nebraska. So he knows everything and anything about welding repair, metallurgy, gases, a lot a lot about gases. So I got a little bit of everybody. And then my dad on the business side of the industry because he was a welder before and then he moved his way up. So I got a little bit of everybody in my corner, you know, shedding some knowledge to me. And I think that's really what benefited me. It's really good to have people to one, look up to you, but also help guide you. The biggest thing that you have above most people is just the drive. Like it's easy to see, like you want to get out there, get it, and you're going to do anything you can to do it. I, I respect it. Got my respect, my friend. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> what were some of the biggest misconceptions you had about welding in general? Like, what were some of the things that you were just like, you thought was one way, and then life changed your view on it? I thought MIG welding was going to be a lot harder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so difficult. One thing I, that I heard a lot was, you know, oh, these old guys, they're going to take, you know, they're going to fucking rag all you. They're going to. you're going to hate it. They're going to treat you like shit. You know, these old guys, the OGs in the industry, if you open your ears and shut your mouth and listen to what they have to say, you can learn a lot and earn their respect really fast. I think that's probably why I'm more friends with the older guys than I am with the younger guys in my shop. That's some advice that every guy in my generation should take. Uh, Open your ears and shut your mouth when you're around the OGs. Listen to what they got to say because they've done it all. They've experienced it. They know what they're talking about. I just had a conversation with Lucky Welds and we were talking about he has been friends with the older generation throughout his whole career. And it's starting to bite him in the butt because a lot of that older generation is retiring. Everyone's retiring and they're just out of the business. So those were the people he would lean on for jobs from like bouncing around from job to job. And he was always friends with the old heads and not so much friends with the younger ones coming into it because he, he was always wanted to learn as far as networking with people that are your age. Like what, what types of things are you doing to try to build a network of the future? 
you know, that's that's a big thing that is on your shoulders. And I don't know if you've looked at it that way, but you could be a leader in the new generation of welders. You know, that's something that you have a very big opportunity of being is that person that is getting the jobs for people that's growing a network. I mean, you already started a social media network of welders. You know, it's like that you have the opportunity to take it. You know, what would you want to do to help be a leader in the welding world? Like what what do you have to offer? I've thought about that a lot. Actually, I was thinking about that yesterday. You know, everybody on the social media side of things, anywhere from mid 30s and up, besides like, you know, you got guys like Fitterbone. I'm not sure how old he is, but I listened to that podcast. That was a great one. There's not many young guys doing the social media thing. Eventually, you got people like Bob and Jody from WeldingTipsAndTricks.com. They'll retire eventually, and then you have the generation underneath them, and then it probably comes to us. And as long as I keep going and the people around me, I got some good people around me that are in my generation too, like uh, Carp Welding, Robert Carpenter, and um, Courtney Moser from Thompson, Georgia. I think as long as we keep going, you know, we're kind of filling the footsteps, the legacy of the social media side of welding without without even trying because we'll grow as long as we keep posting and we got a lot of life left and you can be that inspiration for the new you you know it's like the people that are going through the program you went to you're an idea of success to them in the future right like you're about to go and work at this sweet automotive like performance shop being the person that shows people that you know it's like that's dope we need future leaders i feel like that is the the biggest thing we need is sure we can get all the welders we want, but we need people to lead them. And it's people like you that are showing this, this leadership. That's why, you know, we want to work with you at weld.com because we see you as a, as a leader in the new generation and we'll instill it. You know, it's like, they're still growing. You still got to grow as a person, but like, that's something I just hope, you know, the responsibility you have, like you might just want to be a welder, but you're not going to be, you're, you're going to be the per- people like you're going to be one of the people that, people look up to and it's a big responsibility so i just i think that's dope i want to challenge you with that like because i think you can take it on you could definitely be a leader of this new generation of welders and it's just something to think about you know it's like it social media is one thing but you know building a workforce that you know we're america like we have a big workforce american made that's just what you have the opportunity to be in the next generation and i see it in you so I just hope you see it in yourself. Hell yeah. Fucking diamond <laughs> cold before under pressure. Hey man. I don't know. I love the pressure. <laughs> oh good. I'm glad. Just light a little little fire there under your chair. But before we go, so I think that's that's a pretty good challenge to leave you with. But before we go, you know how it goes. What is your biggest advice you give to people that are getting into the industry or people that want to get to the next level? I think this was, it was a similar question asked uh, last week when I spoke to my former high school on a panel. If I leave them with one piece, man, I'd say keep the hood down ass up, you know, work nose to the grindstone. When you're at work, show up on time. That's the biggest thing in my generation. People don't want to show up on time. I hate it. You show up <laughs> on time. On time is early. Show up early. But early is on time. So show up on time. And be present when you're there. Work when you're there. Don't go on your phone. That's another big thing. Stay off the damn phone unless you're hopping on the well.com podcast on your speaker or something. Heck yeah, man. Well, speaking of on your phone, too, this is another thing. Uh, the Weld app 
So we just launched the Weld app. You're on there. I see you posting all the time. What do you think about the Weld app? Man, I love the Weld app. You see me post. I don't know if you see this, but I post every morning, or I try to. Sometimes I wake up in a bad mood. I'm not gonna post, but usually I'll post uh, something motivational every morning to help motivate others. But it really motivates me too. That's kind of what got me started into it. You know, I'm if I'm gonna preach this to other people, then I better believe in it. I post that motivational stuff, and it motivates me. You know, to get going at work, and it also helps others. You know, the marketplace, the welding calculator that's coming in, and the educational side. It's just a great place for everybody in the welding manufacturing industry to connect. And it's real wholesome. You know, on other platforms, there's a lot of hate. But on the Weld app, I haven't seen any hate so far. It's just a bunch of good people helping each other out and supporting what what we all do. That that was the main goal. You know, try to it's built for welders, by welders, to help the welding industry. You know, it's like, it, it sucks when you are trying to learn how to weld or pick up even, even if you've been welding for a long time, like Tig Zombie. Like one day he was trying to do an aluminum thing and he was having trouble because he hadn't done aluminum in a long time. Put it in the app and people coached him through it. And then by the end of the day, he was doing aluminum like he's been doing it forever. The hate that comes from social media is just because people... They don't, they can't do it themselves. So they want to like just hate on you. And we tried to make it, it's like, hey, if you can't do it, it's totally okay. Like we all want to learn. We all want this to be a supportive place because we want to see this trade succeed. So I'm, I'm happy you're seeing the value that we were hoping you would see in it. And it's just good to hear back, you know, just from a user. Yeah, I love it. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you taking time to, chatting with me and just kind of sharing a little bit about yourself and your story and until we meet again absolutely i I love this shit dude i'll do this anytime you just let me know thanks for tuning in to another episode of the weld.com podcast if you enjoyed this episode shoot me a message on the weld app and let me know what kind of topics or people you would like me to have on in future episodes Also, if you're trying to score some new equipment and swag, every month there's a mystery box of surprises given away to a lucky premium member, so make sure you don't miss out. I'm Bo Wigington, and until next week, we'll see you out there.